Welcome to the Violdone Podcast for Thursday, February 6th. S&P futures are trading up eight points. That's about 25 basis points. Europe's major indices are rallying about 30 to 50 basis points. Um, and Asia saw very strong gains overnight um, following through from the U.S. close on yesterday. Uh, from yesterday. So a few items to kind of run through today. The China tariff cut announcement is receiving the most attention. Um, I would just caution that this was envisioned under the phase one agreement. So this was not out of the blue. This was, um, you know, according to schedule. So, you know, China is reducing tariffs. Um, and this, again, corresponds with the U.S. reduction that was announced as part of phase one. Um, so this is really kind of an incremental out of the blue announcement. Um, you know, I will say that it continues to look like China will fall short of its phase one purchase commitments, at least in 2020. So there was a report out of the local Chinese media overnight talking about how China could activate emergency clauses in phase one. So they were kind of um, force majeure like clauses within phase one that should some emergency occur, China will um, you know, not not be beholden to the purchase commitments and they will not suffer the consequences. So um, there are reports that China could activate some of those emergency clauses um, because it looks like they would not be able to meet the purchase commitments. Um, a Chinese energy company, China National Offshore Oil Corp, actually did declare force majeure this morning and said they wouldn't take delivery of some LNG cargo. So I don't think that's terribly surprising. I think the markets, again, assume that China is going to suffer materially um, I think they they anticipate that the coronavirus setback will be temporary, um, but it is going to be very large. And so just as a result of the Q1 setback, um, it's unlikely that China will meet the purchase commitments for this year at least. Um, you know, again, so the China tariff announcement, you know, I don't I don't does not strike me as something that's terribly new or incremental. Um, I would say that in terms of the major news today, you know, there are a bunch of European earnings reports, and for the most part they were they were solid, especially banks. So your European banks are rallying about 1.8%. So the SX7P index in Europe, which is the Eurozone Bank Index, is by far the top performer today in Europe. Uh, like I said before, up about 1.8%. You had numbers out of Unicredit, Socgen, uh, Nordia, DMB, and others that were um, you know, in one degree or another decent, whether it was on the earnings front or the capital front, capital return, et cetera. Um, bank reports in Europe are definitely being received well. You also had a few others. So ArcelorMittal is the top stock in Europe today, had had solid earnings, somewhat encouraging qualitative commentary for management. Publicis, Nokia also rallying on earnings. So decent uh, morning in, in Europe as far as earnings are concerned. That to me is kind of um, just coming in today and surveying all the news. That, that, that strikes me as the most incremental positive news, not so much the uh, China tariff cut announcement. Um, I would say just on US earnings last night, um, a little bit more mixed. So um, you know, w- one of the biggest themes you saw in the U.S. trading session yesterday was you had a pretty um, notable rotation out of kind of growth momentum into, um, you know, your value cyclical complex. So some of the earnings reports last night from quote unquote growth stocks were underwhelming in one degree or another. So FireEye, um, you know, you can go down the list of a couple of other smaller software names, uh, Paycom, you have Peloton. So uh, Twilio also was a little bit underwhelming. So you had some disappointing growth reports last night. Um, that could certainly encourage a continuation of that growth sell-off that we saw yesterday. Um, so that to me was a big takeaway from U.S. earnings last night. Qualcomm was the largest cap report. Um, solid December quarter, solid March guidance on the call, though they talked about how their June quarter results will be flat with the March quarter, and then they'll see another uptick um, in the September quarter. And they imply that would obviously be around the the um, iPhone 5G launch. So it was that comment about June being flat with March that that caused some weakness in the stock after hours in Qualcomm. 
Um, so that is the U.S. recap. You know, just circling back to macro news, um, not a ton of eco data, although German factory orders for December were quite soft. Um, and then there was an article in the FT about how, again, China Q1 GDP could fall to 4%, if not lower, um, just given all the coronavirus impact. Um, so those are the major topics, themes for today. Um, on the Iowa front, you know, it looks like they're kind of getting around to getting all the precincts reported. So they're at about 97% of precincts reported. Buducheg is still in the lead, although his lead has been cut. So it's essentially tied with Sanders. Buducheg is at 26.2. Sanders is at 26.1. Um, and then Biden is still in fourth place. So Biden still, you know, definitely underperformed expectations. Um, I don't really have any incremental thoughts on Iowa. You know, I think markets celebrated the absence of a of a clear Sanders blowout victory. Although I would I would kind of say again that if you look at Sanders and Warren, they combined for about forty five percent of the entire vote. Um, and I would also say too that to the extent stocks want Trump to stay president, which they clearly do, then they should be hoping for a Sanders opponent. I think Sanders of all the major candidates would be the easiest opponent for Trump. Um, going into November. On the impeachment votes, um, you know, again, that was very much meaningless in terms of markets. Um, There was never a chance that Trump was going to be convicted. The Romney vote to convict on one of the charges is certainly interesting. It's the first time a senator voted to convict um, a president of his or her own party in history. So, you know, a lot of stuff for historians to talk about. I don't think it means much for markets. Trump will be making a statement today at noon on the impeachment trial. I doubt there'll be anything really substantive in terms of um, as far as markets are concerned. Um, And just looking at the calendar broadly for today, it's really just going to be a focus on earnings. So uh, the big ones out pre-open include Cigna, Duncan, um, Estee Lauder, Bristol Myers, Baxter, Ice. Um, the Ice will be interesting just to get some, you know, get some color clarity around that eBay news out from earlier in the week about how Ice explored a bid for eBay. Um, you have that Trump statement at noon, and then after the close, the big ones are um, Activision, Uber, and Win. And then Quarles, Fed, Fed uh, Vice Chair Quarles will be speaking later tonight at seven fifteen. Um, probably not terribly monumental out of him. You do have tomorrow, you have the jobs report, obviously. You know, I, I don't think the jobs report will really matter all that much. You've had some very healthy January economic numbers so far out of the US this week with the two ISMs and then the ADP report. Um, you know, the Fed, um, as far as the Fed is concerned and policy is concerned, um, there's really very little risk that you're going to see, um, you know, a rate hike anytime soon. So I don't think that people have to be concerned about numbers being too good. Um you know, more interesting is going to be, as far as the Fed is concerned, this kind of evolution of the balance sheet as we head into Q2 and they start to taper some of their repo interventions. And then this big policy review that's due out in June or July um, that it's shaping up to have very devilish implications, although, you know, that's still several months away. So the jobs report is tomorrow at 8.30. The Fed will be publishing its semi-annual report to Congress tomorrow as well at 11 a.m., and then Powell next week is testifying on that report. So Powell testifies next week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so that is essentially it for today. Um, and just, you know, circling back to the market, um, you know, despite all of the news items I just ran through, this is really, again, still a debate around the multiple. I think you have kind of two camps in the market right now. You have a camp that assumes the multiple has undergone a secular 
revaluation higher to this kind of 19 to 20 times range. And then you have a camp that says the multiple should still be in the older years long legacy range um, that had a ceiling of around 18 times. If you kind of talk to bulls and bears, there's really not a lot of, deb- a lot of debate around earnings or the economy. Um, you have, a, you have um, some minor disagreements around what's the appropriate consensus for EPS this year. Um, you know, how deep will the coronavirus, um, how, how deep will the coronavirus uh, setback be in Q1, et cetera. But there's really not a, a, an awful amount of disagreement on fundamentals or even politics. Even, even m- most, both camps assume Trump will be reelected. It's just this multiple, what's justified. So, you know, the S&P is at 19 times right now. Bulls think you have a whole other turn to go at 20 times. Um, and then, like I said, bears assume 18 times it should be the ceiling. You're even hearing at the margin some talk about the 21 consensus already, um, even though it's only February. So, and that is, you know, it's very, very rough right now, but that's about $190. Um, you know, again, if, if people are really trying to justify much more upside, if you put 20 times on that, you know, you're at, you're at uh, 3,800. Um, I am still in the 18 times camp, although obviously, um, you know, the market seems insistent on, on testing at least 20 times, um, if, if only briefly. So that is it for today. Thank you everyone for listening.